Hello, and thank you for joining us for today's podcast. I'm going to answer three simple questions today. Today, we're going to talk about, number one, does God heal today? You need to understand this. Let's get into this. Does God heal today? Number two, if God does heal today, if healing is for today, who decides who gets healed? Number three, and I know this sounds like it's off topic, but it's going to fit right in. Does The Chosen, the new television series, does it represent fully what the Word teaches about who God is? Is it? Could it be used as a viable new translation of the Word of God? We got answers for you. Don't go anywhere. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, my name is Craig Jones. I'm the lead pastor of Abiding Church, and I want to thank you for joining me for today's podcast. I feel like for the next couple of podcasts, I'm going to be diving into this understanding of healing. It's vital for us to really understand where God stands on the subject, because the truth is, faith can only flow where the will of God is known. So let's answer the first question first. I don't know about you, but I have loved The Chosen. I mean, I tell you what was at a pastor's meeting today, and we were talking about it. And the truth is, in that first season, I don't think there was an episode that went by that I didn't have tears running down my face. I mean, I was so blessed to see the life of Christ presented in such an intimate manner and to see the humanity of who Jesus Christ is. But there is a danger that we have to look out for with any translation or any any representation of the Word of God. And that is, does it line up with Scripture? Now, I love The Chosen for what it is. It's a, it's a picture behind what these occurrences could be. But I'm as I was watching it this week with my daughter, I began to recognize there are things that I'm watching that I know are added to Scripture. But if she doesn't know those stories well enough, then she may walk away thinking, well, Jesus did this and Jesus did that, and that's just not true. That's not scriptural. It may give us a picture into who he is, and it represents his character, but it's not actually scripture. And it really challenged me that maybe what I need to be doing is um, I'm planning on sitting down with her, and we're going to use it as a study. We're, we're going to go through and, and discover what, what, Jesus, what is actually represented who Jesus Christ is from the Word, as a differentiator from the chosen so we can really understand what the Bible has to say on the subject. This became very apparent to me in the second season where we see the story of little John. In the second season, in the story of little John, there are attributes that are given to, to what, who the Bible, who we understand from Scripture, John the Lesser. We, they call him little John in the series. There's attributes given to him that just aren't found in Scripture, and that attribute is that he's crippled, that he's a paralytic. And 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 trying to show that Jesus loves everyone, he wants to embrace everyone. We see Matthew as someone who who is on the spectrum, who has a version of like Asperger's syndrome or something like this. Um, again, it's not scriptural, and I know people. What what they're trying to do is people can watch that and they can think, oh, you know what? I'm like that person, and that's beautiful. And God loves me. Because I know sometimes we can look at the Bible sometimes and think, are these perfect people? But if you really understood the Scripture, makes it very clear. You read the Scripture. Peter was not perfect. The Scripture makes that very clear. So there's some attributes that are given to these characters that aren't found in the Word of God. They're trying to make them more relatable. But in their interaction, Jesus is talking to, to little, 
little James, and in in the process of talking to James the Lesser, little James, what he tells him is, you know, well, I know that you're lame and you're 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 a cripple, but God's got something great in store for you through that crippleness. So you just need to embrace that. And there are so many. There are so many untheological things that are found there that that really will be a detriment to people's faith. This is, and please understand me, this this podcast. I am not a. I've, I I say it all the time. I want to be known for what I stand for, not what I stand against. So I'm telling you, I I love the chosen. I love watching the chosen. I'm not going to stop watching it. But you understand, the chosen is not translation. In fact, even when you're studying the new king, the King James version of the Bible, there there are there there are areas of the King James Version where things have been translated from the original Greek wrong. And you need to dive into that to understand and allow the Holy Spirit to direct you so you understand what the truth of God's Word really is. What I worry is that in our modern day of media, some people will say, well, I don't need to read my Bible. I'm just going to watch The Chosen and I'll find out about Jesus. If you do that, then you may find yourself on the wrong side of a doctrinal fence that will cause you to live in defeat instead of the victory that God has for you. So that brings up that question here. Does God heal? Is healing for today? We're going to show you undoubtedly in Scripture that healing is for today. It's a part of the new covenant. Thank God for that. Some people want to debate that. The truth is I have the proof in my own life. You can give me all the, all the, all the understanding you want to give me. I've seen the evidence of that in my own life. So healing is for today. We're going to see that in Scripture. Then the question comes up, if healing is for today, who gets healed? Because in this, in this particular story, we see that James, the lesser, little James, Jesus seems to tell him, you know, I'm not going to heal you because you need to, you're, you're, I'm, going to, I'm going to use this crippledness for something. So it begins to beg the question, does God heal everyone? Does God and who decides who gets a healing? What's what's the truth on the matter? See, over the last couple of weeks, I've been having this conversation with many people, and I recognize there's a lot of questions about this. So what I want to do is I want to get into some scripture. We're gonna we're gonna get into the word today and break some things down and hopefully give you an understanding of what God has said on this subject. What I want to do is I want to start with the book of Isaiah. So I'm gonna read some scripture to you. In Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 and 5, it says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Now here, Isaiah is giving us a messianic prophecy. He's talking about Jesus Christ here. So when he says, Surely he hath borne our griefs, he's, he is prophetically saying, Jesus Christ is going to come and he's going to carry our, he's going to bear our griefs and he's going to carry our sorrows. See, we didn't esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. I love verse 5. Just reading it, I feel the life of the Lord. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Now here in verse 5, it's talking about the atoning work of the cross. That's what he's talking about. The work of the cross, what the cross does in our life. And he says... He was wounded for our transgressions. He was beaten, those lashes upon his body. He was beaten and wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities. Our sin, he carries our sin. He carries the weight of our sin. Jesus bore that upon himself 
so that we wouldn't bear it in our own life. And it says, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. Now, a lot of people don't recognize this, but the truth is, you can walk in peace today because Jesus Christ bore grief for you. He bore unrest for you so that you can walk in peace. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. So we're talking about the work of the cross here. Isaiah 53, what a beautiful illustration of what Jesus Christ has done for us. He says that in in the work of the cross, we see the forgiveness of sins. We see the the healing of our bodies. We see see the distributing of peace. There's more in Isaiah 53, but we're not going to go through all that right now. We see this same scripture bore out in 1 Peter 2.24. 1 Peter 2.24 says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins... So he's talking about the work of the cross right here. We recognize that. He bore our sins in his body. That's the work of redemption. There's no one questions that Jesus died for everyone because we understand that was a part of the substitutionary work of the cross. He died for every single one of our sins. So he says, he bore our sins in his body that we should no longer be, that we we would be dead to sins, but we would live unto righteousness. And then he says, by whose stripes ye were healed. Now, we see the same, same, we see the same phrase that we found in Isaiah 53. But in Isaiah 53, it says, with his stripes, we are healed. First Peter 2.24, because Peter was there. A first give, is giving us a first-hand account of the work on the cross. Isaiah looking prophetically saying that we are going to be healed we, by his stripes. I'm looking into it and I can see we are healed in Christ. Peter, looking back at the work of the cross, says, By his stripes ye were healed, past tense, already done. So we have to understand that healing is a work of the cross. In fact, the word for salvation is sozo. That very word means delivered from sin, set free from sin, delivered from bondage. It means prospered. It means made whole. And yes, it means healed. That's what the word sozo means. It means healed. So when you receive healing, when you receive Jesus, healing is a part of the package that we get. The Bible tells us in Psalms 103 verses 2 and 3, this scripture says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all of his benefits. Now, he says, forget not all of his benefits because there's a lot that we don't walk in and who, what Christ has given us because we've simply forgotten about it. We don't, under, we don't have that revelation. It's been lost to humanity. So he says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities and healeth all thy diseases. Now, here, David is giving us another messianic prophecy. The truth is, as much as we see prophecies in all of the uh, so many of the minor and major prophets, we see it in Isaiah, we see it in so many places. David gives us more messianic prophecies than anyone else in the Old Testament. And here in Psalms 103 is a messianic prophecy. This is talking about the work of the cross because where else can you find in scripture that God forgives all iniquities? It doesn't happen anywhere in Scripture. Even if you look to the Old Testament when there were sacrifices that were made, it didn't forgive all iniquities. It forgave the iniquities of those who brought a lamb. Well, God may rectify that issue by bringing His own lamb for the sins of the world. So when He says, Who forgiveth all thine iniquities? There's only one place in the, in the, in the, in the time frame of mankind 
when all iniquities were wiped out, and that was at the cross. So he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all of his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. And look here, he says, Who healeth all thy, all thy diseases, not some of thy diseases, who healeth all of thy diseases. Here in this scripture, he indefinitely, he, 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 forever, he binds together the forgiveness of sins, the wiping away of iniquities, and the healing of diseases because he said it's a work from the cross. But see, what we've done in our modern-day Christianity is we have part and parceled the cross out for different circumstances. You know, we believe that God wants to save everyone, or at least you should believe God wants. That's what the Bible says. It's not His will that any man should perish. That's what that's what the Scripture says. So it's God's will that every man would be saved. It's, it's, it's His will that every man would receive Him. And if you receive salvation, you get all of what salvation has to offer us. We should no longer question whether or not Jesus wants us healed because healing, because He has provided healing for us in the act of redemption. So it's no longer a question. Again, I go back to the beginning. For you to have faith, you've got faith on the inside of you. For your faith to flow in an area, you need to know the will of God. That will of God needs to be absolutely solidified, foundational in you for faith to flow into an area. But in my conversations recently talking about with people about this subject, the same thing kept coming up over and over again. Now, this is the conversation I had. Well, I'm not sure that God heals because in my experience, this happened and this happened. And well, I hear you saying that, but I saw this in my life and this was my experience and that was my experience and this is what I've been through and this is what I saw with my very own eyes. So surely God must not want to heal everyone. Well, my answer to that, and if that's you right now, please open up your heart to receive what the Lord is saying right now. I want you to understand that that it's a dangerous place when you allow your doctrine, which is what you believe about God, you allow your theology, the study of God, to be shaped, shaped by your experience. Our understanding of God must be shaped by His Word, what He has directly said to us, not by our experiences. Because basically what you're saying is, when, if, 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 you, if, you, if you tell me that, well, I've experienced this, what you're saying is, I've become acquainted with sickness, so now I have a trust and belief in that you got to make a decision that you're not going to allow what you believe about God to be shaped by your experiences. Instead, you're going you're gonna to allow what you believe about God shape your experiences. That's the truth. We need to become more acquainted with God than we are sickness. We need to believe more in what God has said than what our experiences say. we got to be careful because if we're not careful, we will try to serve God out of, out of the purely out of the understanding of our soul which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. But the problem with the soul is it believes what it receives the most evidence of. If you receive more evidence in your life of sickness, then you're going to believe sickness. So people say, well, I, you know, I'm not sure about that because this was my experience. Set your experience aside. We've all experienced defeat somewhere in our life. Does that mean God wants defeat for us? What about your, your, your family members that aren't born again? Maybe you took them to a service. Maybe you opened up the Bible. You shared Scripture with them, and they didn't receive Scripture. Would you walk away from that and say, Well, I guess God doesn't want them saved because if He did, He would have saved them. Or maybe you had a loved one that you reached out to time and time again, and they never received the message of the gospel. They never got born again. And it breaks your heart to think about that, and you think, Well, you would never look back at that and say, Well, 
Guess God doesn't save everybody because the truth is Jesus died for the sins of the entire world. And when you receive the work of redemption, you get all of that. And see, when you begin to believe those lies that maybe healing is for some and it's not for others, and like I said, most of this is based off experience. Sure, there are some scriptures that, that people try to, 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 to exalt. The, like the truth is people say, well, you know, if he wanted to heal everybody, he went to his hometown and he couldn't heal everybody. And we'll talk about that maybe on our next episode. But the Bible says he wasn't able to heal them because of their unbelief. Not because of their lack of faith, because of their unbelief. And we'll get into that a little bit later on. So just hold on to your hold on to your seat. Stay with me. Let the Holy Spirit keep ministering to your heart. But some people will say, well, what about Paul? You know, Paul had his thorn in the flesh. And, and, and he said, I cried out for him to deliver me. And God told him three times, my grace is sufficient for you. Let me under- explain to you what the grace of God is. The grace of God is God's divine ability working in you to overcome every attack of hell, every circumstance of hell. So people say that, read that, and they go, well, see? Now, Paul prayed three times for, for God to come to deliver him, and, and you know God didn't do it. He just said, "My." and they interpret that as God was saying, Paul, I want you to stay in this, this condition. Even though that that condition was brought on by a messenger of Satan, a messenger of Satan, that's what it says. A messenger of Satan was sent to buffet him, lest he be exalted above measure. Really what it's saying there was the Holy Spirit was exalting Paul because of his revelation of who Jesus Christ was beyond the measure of what a normal man could be. He was beyond normal people. He was getting a revelation that was causing him to live in a kingdom reality instead of carnal Christianity. And because of that, the devil was getting afraid, and the devil sent a messenger to come and buffet him. Now, we don't know exactly what that was. There are so many differing opinions on that. But the truth is, something was afflicting him, and he cried out for God to take care of it. And it seems like people would interpret it as God decided, you know what? I don't think I'm going to help you in this. You're just going to have to learn to grit and bear it. But what if we understood that grace is really God's divine ability? If we understood that grace is God's divine ability, really what God was saying is, Paul was saying, God, deliver me from this. And God was saying, I've already given you grace to overcome it. My grace in you is already sufficient, Paul. I've given you everything you need to overcome this thing. We keep waiting for God to do something. The truth is, the Bible says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. The reason he's seated at the right hand of the Father is because he's already completed his work. He's already done what he's going to do. So when he says, my grace is sufficient for you, I don't believe he's saying, I want you to stay in your condition. I believe what he's saying is, I've already placed in you the power to overcome. Don't sit and, 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 and be stuck in that place any longer. Don't, don't allow that. Some people say, well, you know, maybe God was trying to, what God was trying to do was humble him. No. It didn't say that, 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 that it, didn't, it, it, was, it was a messenger of Satan that was sent to come after him. The devil was trying to humiliate him and keep him beat down. God wasn't trying to humble him. And that's why some people say, well, you know, I I don't know. I think that God uses sickness to teach us a lesson. You know, if God uses sickness to teach us a lesson, why would we ever pray against sickness? If that's something God wants us to have. I mean, if sickness makes you better, go to the cancer ward. If sickness makes you better, you ought to find the happiest, wholest people in the world in the cancer ward, but you won't. All you'll find is sick, hurting. These, this, these kind of conditions don't give glory to God. That's not how God 
operates. Someone asked me the other day, well, what about the, the young blind man? And they asked him, said, well, you know, if, if um, why was he this way? Was it because of his sin or for his, of his mother father's sin? Jesus said it wasn't for any of that reason. And he said, but let me tell you something. What's going to happen today is God's going to get glory out of this. Some people have interpreted that. See, see, God wanted that boy to be blind so he could get glory. Now, is that really who God, who, the God you think that you serve? Is he the kind of God that would keep someone sick so that he can make an example of them? No, no, no. That's not who God is. What he was saying is there, he's not, it's, it wasn't anyone's sin. It's sin as a whole in humanity that causes us to be that way. It's not anyone's individual sin. But I'll tell you what's going to happen today. I'm going to, I'm going to give God glory by giving God the fruit that he desires on the earth. So... If God wants us to pray for the sick, why would we pray against something that he was that was his desire? You know, I believe that we're called to rebuke storms, but if God wants storms in our life to teach us a lesson and train us, even though I look at this and I think, you know, God said that he's better than any earthly father. You know, if you if if you ask your earthly father for a gift, he gives you something great. How much more does your heavenly father give something great to you? He's better than an earthly father, and and my own earthly father was good enough to know that if he wanted to train me not to touch a hot eye, he didn't take me into the kitchen, take my hand and place it on a hot eye, let my hand get burnt and bubbled up and look at me and say, now see, don't you ever do that again. No, God's a better teacher. I'll tell you what, that is the dumbest and lowest way to teach somebody. And I don't know about you, but I know that my God is not dumb and he, he, he is better than that. God doesn't teach us through sickness and disease. If he did, why would we ever be called to pray against it? Why would, how would we know the difference? What, what are we supposed to do? And, and, and so people just treat it like we're, it's just, we're just, we're just, we're just casting the dice. We're trying to see what might happen. No, no, no. Listen, God does not want us sick. He wants us well. That's why Jesus Christ died. The truth is it's part, it's, 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 it's in the part of the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. We know what is sickness and disease. In Deuteronomy, he talks about sickness and disease, and he says it's part of the curse. He didn't, he didn't call that. He didn't list that in the blessing. That's in the curse portion. So why would God give us something that was part of the curse portion? God doesn't use a curse. The Bible says Jesus has redeemed us from the curse. God doesn't use curses or sickness or disease to hurt us. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads into repentance. Not the weird, sick, twisted way that God may try to teach us a lesson. He actually says, I want you to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I don't know about you, but to me, that seems pretty clear. God wants us to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. That's, that's the command. Go lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Not lay hands on the sick and then we'll see what happens. Maybe I want to or maybe I don't. Again, I said from the very beginning, faith will only flow where the will of God is known. If you believe that God may heal or may not heal, I can promise you what the enemy is going to do is he's going to try to spend every moment of your life trying to push you into the category of your, make you believe that you're one of those that he doesn't want to be healed. Because if he can get you to believe that, he can get you to stop receiving the promises of God. The world is always pointing to experiences. Let's don't be like the world. The world is always pointing to experiences. They're always pointing to pain and suffering, trying to reason away the existence of God. Let's don't fall into that trap. Don't use your experiences to discover God. 
Use God's word to discover him and allow the revelation of who he is to change your experiences. That's what I want to have happen to you today. I want your world to be transformed by what Jesus Christ has already done on the cross. I know I just had a short time here to, to be able to, um, to share this with you. But I, I, I wanted you to, to see this, that the truth is the work of the cross in that is everything. We receive everything through Jesus. Nothing else is beyond what Jesus... It, it was everything we receive in our Christian life. It was all provided for through the cross. That's the answer to everything. So we can't pick portions of the cross and say, well, God wants everyone saved, but maybe not everyone healed. Maybe he wants to prosper some and not others. Does God want some people delivered and some people not delivered? No, no, no. It's all part of the work of the cross. Please understand that. It's part of the work of the cross. So it's our inheritance. So let's don't try to separate the cross. Let's receive it for all that he is, all that it has done for us. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who healeth all thine iniquities, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, and healeth all thy diseases. It's all done in him. Thank God it's all done in him. I want to pray for you right now. Maybe you're hearing this. Maybe you're hearing it for the first time. Maybe you've heard something like this before and you've been turned off against it. And I'll be honest with you, it's, it's challenging you. Let me tell you something. We don't grow until we're challenged. I wanted to give you some scriptures. I could. There's no way in this short amount of time that I'm able to give you everything. Don't miss next week's podcast. I'm going to get into more of this. We're gonna we're gonna really understand if 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 because here comes here becomes the question: If God heals everybody, why doesn't everybody get healed? Why don't I? Why haven't I received my healing? We're gonna answer that next week. So make sure you tune back in for that. It's gonna be powerful. Gonna transform your life. But right now, I want to pray for you because I believe that God shows up and confirms His word. So as I'm talking about healing. I believe that healing, as scriptures are being read on the healing power of God, I believe that healing is flowing into your life right now. So I want to pray for you that you'll receive the fullness of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for you. Come on, let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you're a good God. I thank you, Lord, that we get a revelation of who you are and we quit assigning to you human characteristics. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are good in everything you do. It's your goodness that leads us to repentance. It's your goodness that changes our mind. Lord, I thank you that, that as we gain understanding of your word, as we, as we understand who you are and what you have already settled, Lord, the, the word says that your word is settled in the heavens. That means you're, you're, you're not wishy-washy about it. Whatever you believe or whatever it is your word and your will is, it's settled. Lord, if it's already settled in the heavens, let it be settled in our minds right now. I pray, Holy Spirit, right now for healing for those who are watching right now. If you need healing in your body, don't miss this moment right now. Holy Spirit, touch, heal, deliver, and set free. I declare every, every ounce of bondage, every lie of the enemy, every deception of the enemy that's made you think that, you know, some people believe that maybe God can heal, but maybe God won't do it for me. No, that's not true. God not only will do it for you, God already has done it for you. I pray right now that you receive the finished work of the cross right now in your life, that you receive healing, strength, and wholeness right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for being our healer. Thank you, Lord, for being Jehovah Rapha. It's, it's one of the very names of God, Jehovah, our personal physician. 
Lord, thank you for revealing yourself as Jehovah Rapha to us right now, our personal physician, so we can walk in that, that position of healing that you've given us. Let us walk in the fullness of your, the work of the cross right now. Thank you for healing every single person listening and watching right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, listen, I pastor Abiding Church in Woodstock, Georgia. If you're in the North Georgia area, come and visit us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m., Wednesday nights for prayer at 7 p.m. We have an awesome time in the Word. We have, we, listen, we are a church where we allow the Holy Spirit to move and flow. We, we come prepared, but we don't. We, some people have absolutely organized the Holy Spirit out of the picture. That's not us. We always leave room for God to move. So come and visit us. Come worship with us. We've also relaunched our School of the Supernatural. That's Sunday nights at 6 p.m. It's a time to come together with other believers and find out how to walk in the fullness of what God has given us and what He's done for us. I believe that God is raising up an army in these last days, and I want you to be trained up to be a part of that army. So come, this is a free class open to everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I pray that you are blessed and that you walk in the fullness of what Jesus Christ has done for you. Be blessed. See you next week. I thank God that he is your healer and my healer. Amen. Thank you for joining us. I pray that you are blessed, encouraged, and given hope to grow into all that God has for you. If you enjoyed today's broadcast, please like, subscribe, and share it with your family and friends. And don't forget to join us for our next podcast. And remember, no matter what things look like with God, all things are possible.